welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, it is Budget Pedal Chap, joined again by your host, Matt Quine. And yet another Paul. Say hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. <laughs> so you're never going to get away from that joke. Ne- you never really gets are. old. Uh, yeah, so we, you shall refer to me by the name Fletch. It makes life a lot easier. It does. Yeah, we're, we're joined by Paul Fletcher, one of the original original podcast uh, hosts. Uh, so welcome back, Paul. No problems. Thank you for having me. How is life been treating you in that? What seems like almost an age since you were last on. Oh, it's it's been a bounteous and wondrous cornucopia of musical endeavours. <laughs> oh, or rather gonna... than me going out and spending a shitload of money on stuff. Um, well, hey, let's hear yeah. some of that stuff. So, um, I think the the latest guitar to the collection is the now semi-infamous faded ES-335. Um it does something which, more than a semi to me, mate, I can tell you. Oh, I'll tell you what, it is, <laughs> it, it, it is the wonderful thing. Um, yeah, I went through a lot of trials and tribulations selling gear to sort of get some of the money together for it because they, they ain't cheap and they're not getting any cheaper as time goes on either. And as I, Gibson seems to have hiked the price up by about a grand again. Considering like the, the lack of wood that you get in them, you would think they'd be cheaper than Lesbos, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd think so. You would think so. Something to do with a lot of people having to do stuff with them. I don't know. I think it's all excuses, personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it's a wonderful, wonderful guitar. I've, I, I have to say, I've, I went I went from walking in to have a look for a new Les Paul to, oh, my God, can I sell my children to buy this damn thing? And then, <laughs> um, that know, right there is a sound investment. Yeah, absolutely. Um and then, so I got rid of my uh, black 90s Les Paul uh, standard and my black Fender USA strap and um, and put some money to and begged the wife and she went, oh God, just buy it. <laughs> so I then went in and spent six hours sat there going, oh, I don't know whether I should buy it now, um, you know. <laughs> um, and eventually the my, my uh, other sort of fret talk member, uh, Lewis, who also happens to work in the guitar shop that I buy a lot of my stuff through. He just went, for God's sake, just buy it, will you? He's what we and, call your uh, enabler. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and um, and I think, to be honest with you, I think it's the best thing I ever did. I, I bought two brilliant guitars last year. I've got my, my custom shop 60 Strat, and I've got my AS335, and... Buying strats and three three fives, so I've got to find something new to buy now. Oh dear! Oh so, dear. yeah, I've bought myself a new audio interface. So this podcast has been brought to you by the power of the Audient ID fourteen and the Rode NT one A microphone, and they are a fine pair. Uh, really impressed with them. I've been doing. I bought them primarily for doing stuff for work, but. Um, you know the, the the offset is that you, you get a nice, very BBC clear voice when you're talking to people on Skype doing business, which is very good. <laughs> I might just have to uh, do some some odd EQing on your uh, your voice so that it doesn't sound like you're better than me. Oh, th- yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> just, so that's 
So that's that. So yeah. I, I mean, that's the new stuff, and and um, I am currently um, uh, in the process of getting something together to um, purchase something from uh, Lord Burroughs of Eastbourne. Um, watch this space. He has a he has a very tempting collection, doesn't he, uh, Mister Burroughs? He, he does, and luckily for me, he's just replaced a. With probably four things, one thing that I absolutely died for last year, and uh, he uh, offered to shift it in my general direction, as I quite happily would have sort of gone round and knocked him on the head and, and taken it out the house, and it's not the guitar. <laughs> um, I hasten to add, but Ooh. he's Steve's such a, a, a top bloke. I think we've all said it before on the podcast. Um, yeah. He's a lovely bloke, and he, he is the ultimate enabler because he's he's got the kit for us to look at, but we've all, we, you know, a number of us have been down there and we've played the, the gear as well. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of got me on my journey with, with the stuff that I've bought. So, um, you know, the custom sort of strat I bought on the basis of the – I picked up Steve Jurishishkov um, CS strat. And I just went, the, 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 it has to be one like this. And I can't afford that, so what can I afford? And this one kind of fell in my lap. The 335 was the same. Yeah. You, you know, um, one of the guys brought a 335 down. I, I had 30 seconds on it and went, hmm, yeah, I foresee one of those <laughs> in my future. I need this in um, my life. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, we're, we're a lucky bunch. We've got some good friends. Um, who give us very good advice and long may it continue. Not yeah, not not good for our finances, but great for us. Absolutely our not. But that's okay. <laughs> that's what works for. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah, we were having a little bit a bit of a chat about that before uh before the cast, weren't we? And yeah, we, we pretty much surmised that we go to work to be able to afford the uh <laughs> to afford the guitars. <laughs> The fact that we yeah, can... some people go to work for heroin and other people go to work for guitars, and I know which one I'd rather be using. Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, you, <laughs> at the at the end of the day, you've got something to show for it, then, haven't you? Rather than yeah. just a bunch of tracks up your arms and uh, a bunch <laughs> of people trying to blow your kneecaps off, yeah, yeah. We've Don't sudden... do drugs, kids. Yeah, we've suddenly t- <laughs> taken a very dark turn on the Fret Talk podcast. Um, it's. Fun. <laughs> Very dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. This week is brought to you by synthesizers. Oh, it's, this is a wonderful thing that I got last year as well. This microbrew, archery and microbrew. If anybody turns around and I think, um, you know, you want a little bit of inspiration, no, I'll tell you what, I'll hold fire on that one. Let's let's chat further. Let's chat further. <laughs> um, all right. Okay, um, I've got a little bit of stuff that I've done this week. Um, Matt, you've done absolutely bugger all, haven't you? Yeah, I've done sod all, so yeah, you go straight to you. Uh, you did pick up a guitar and play some Muse riffs before this, though. You're not getting away with that. Yeah, I was I was playing Fleetwood Mac before you started the call, so can I have uh, a little bit of kudos back? I bet you were. Absolutely not whatsoever. <laughs> you know what they Bane, say? Plugging baby. <laughs> But I wasn't. <laughs> uh, this, once you once you go Mac, you never go back. So 
Um, I do hope we were talking about pre Lindsay Buckingham uh, Fleetwood Mac as well. Uh, I, just, I yeah. couldn't tell you whether it was pre or post. It was, it was it go was, your own words. It was post. Yeah, that's uh, that's where that it was, was post. Yeah, yeah, Peter Green Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, the best Fleetwood Mac. Oh yes, sir. It's uh, it's Mac in its purest form, isn't it? Uncut, pure. It's, it's like mac and cheese, mac. but without the cheese. <laughs> 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 that, yeah, that's a that's a perfect analogy for it. Go on, I'll I'll tell you what I've done this week. Um, I went on a, a rather rather ridiculous road trip um, to collect a Les Paul, but I'm I, I'm going to leave that uh, that story for when we have my good friend uh, Adam Yeomans onto this podcast. Because it is very much his story. Um, if you recall last week, I was mentioning how we, <laughs> how uh, he was tagging me in all kinds of Facebook posts um, because he was after the one Les Paul. And uh, yeah, we found it. Uh, but what I will He now has Excalibur. He does, yeah. And it, it makes me jealous. Uh, I, I was telling him on a... On the, and just a... After I dropped him home on the day that we bought it, that I'm going to get some sandpaper out and try and reveal the burst on my guitar. Now. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's one underneath it somewhere. Mate, mate, don't do it. Don't do it. Many, <laughs> many a crazy things been done in jest before. Yeah. Or under the influence of alcohol. Yeah, well, that's more like it with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're. Uh, oh dear. We've made some poor, poor life decisions with a. Uh, with a bit of Dutch encouragement. Um, <laughs> but that is a tale for another day. Um, anyway, the next day we uh, we took both of our Les Pauls to practice. Um, we we play kind of blues and funk, and Les Pauls are very, very not blues and funk. Well, they're a bit blues, but they're definitely oh, not they funk. Are. Oh, they are. Definitely, definitely oh, not be. funk. <laughs> you've, you've not watched in the Greg videos, the, the man can play anything on anything. You just got to, or put a bit more toning, get the volume sorted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got coil splits on mine. Um, so I, I, I got close. Oh, boo, boo, heresy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you and your fake Les Paul. I started doing it before it was cool, man. Before, before Gibson started doing it. Um, Oh uh, yeah, I've got core uh, splits on the the neck tone part, and I've got uh, I've got a face um, face switch on the the bridge tone part. I um, I absolutely hate having any push pull on uh, on volumes. Volumes need to be pure uh, pure pots. None of this fancy wizardry for me. Um, I, I just I'm a purist when it comes to the the volume parts. Don't know why, um, but yeah, we we had dual Les Pauls and we cracked out some thin Lizzie while we were there. Um, we we uh, oh, well, it's the law to do that. Surely you've got to crack out a bit. <laughs> I know, yeah. Because I said to Mr. Ferris the other day, what's better than one Les Paul? Two, Two Les Pauls. Yeah, yeah. I I even put a a little bit of subtle phase on as well, just to. Really, kind of nail that live and dangerous tone. Um, and we we played uh, we we played through a lot of the harmony licks in Black Rose until we got to the jig, 
And then we both panicked and looked at each other. Uh-huh. I said, I've said before, I said it again. You've just got to play with confidence, regardless of whether you actually know what you're playing or not. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, just don't let your face uh, tell the crowd that you're you're fluffing it. And oh, not... you've just got to pull that face, the pull the face, the ultimate face, the Gary Moore face. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah, I mean, we we did that. I also took my HD40 uh, to practice, and that is it's it's heavier than a than a baby hippo. Um, and yeah, ouch, but the tone, way good tone, good tone, good tone. Um, I also managed to, uh, to have a, have a little blast on some, uh, some top secret guitar pickups from, from my man at Fletcher pickups. He, um, he's lent me a, a couple of sets. Um, one of which I have touted as the greatest humbucking pickup that I have ever heard, which is, um, it's quite That's a, some fighting words that there. It is some fighting talk that, <laughs> um, but he's been wound by a Fletcher. So what do you expect? Indeed. They are, we, Qu- we do all the best things. Quality name, quality pickups. Um, and he's absolutely no relation to me whatsoever. I know. Yeah. I should hasten to add. It's pure coincidence. Um, but yes, these uh, these guitar pickups. I don't even think they're for sale in his website yet. Um, when they I'm are, I'm going to have to get an old banger guitar so that I can get him to custom wind me my own signature Fletch pickup. That's it. Yeah, the Fletch <laughs> Fletch or the double Fletch. Yeah, the double Fletch. That that would be uh, that'd be something else. Yeah, sign me up for a set of them. We're uh, going to have to have words. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll get you in contact with him. Um so yeah absolutely I've I've got these uh um they're they're a blend uh, of two different wire types I, I believe I don't know he 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 went into some some mass detail and I'm far too stupid to understand what he was saying um but what I do know is when I plug it in the it, it does the tones good um it sounds very much like kind of classic 60s and 70s PAFs, which um, you can just instantly hit an A chord and sound like Koss or do some kind of low chugging and get that, that real Zep vibe going on. And it's just it's just classic, classic Les Paul tone. And it, it makes me smile. Um, it does, however, mean that the pickups that are in my Les Paul at the moment as good as they are, they've got to go. Mm. Because I, it's always a difficult one. I, know. I mean, the thing is, it's the tone upgrade, isn't it? And we're we're chasing it. All of us are chasing so Indeed. <laughs> and I know that your your man Fletch is is a bit of a a bit of a genius from what I've heard, and I've I've not heard many bad things said about his pickups. So, uh, in fact, I've not heard any bad things said about his pickups. So he's got to be doing something right. No, the only. And I think half the, half the thing with a lot of the pickups, the you know, the sort of ones that everybody sort of muses about, like the original paths. Nobody really knows how those paths were made because they kind of every single one of them from from what Gibson say nowadays. Are completely different. Yeah, every single pickup that came out in that night, you know, those, you know, fifty-eight through to sixty-one, sort of those paths. Nobody knows what they were doing with them, um, and it's kind of the same with 
with Fender and the um, uh, Abigail Ibarra ones, she was really the only one that knew what she did. Nobody else did. You know, there's just something about somebody doing something with a bit of wire and a, a you know, and a spinny thing. <laughs> you know, you know, it's 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 very very odd, and it, it bemuses the hell out of me. I mean, but um, for, for you know, the magic happens somewhere. Yeah, for for any any uh, any of you out there who uh, who suggest that we we don't know our stuff, then <laughs> we'll have you. The spinning thing. The, the spinning thing. Um, That's the technical term. Use uh, it wisely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've got to put it right just before the watchummy jig um, in, in the, in the yep. winding process. And, and if the short yeah. comes to screw it, treadle halfway through, you've, you've had it. Yeah. Yeah, you've gone too far then. Wind back. <laughs> too far. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but those those weren't the only pickups that I got to try of uh, of the 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 new wave of Fletcher pickups. Um, I I tried his take on a wide range humbucker as well, um, in a in a standard humbucker housing, so it's more widely accepted, um, and they are not what I would usually go for, um, because I'm a very kind of very classic um classic paf soundy kind of guy uh, and these are not that they they're a, a, a jangly pickup but they they're very kind of transparent they uh they almost sound uh acoustic they almost sound like you you're playing an acoustic and i found when i was using these wide range humbuckers it was it was telling me to do finger style guitar um and I can tell you nothing within me wants to do finger star guitar. Um, but there seems to be a lot of people doing a lot of really good stuff in pickups nowadays. I mean, I know we've just thought about sort of like, you know, the Gibson paths and yeah. Aura's stuff, but you know, what Fishman are doing with the Fluence pickups, regardless of whether you understand what mojo and magic is going on there. And there's definitely techno pixies walking all over them. Even just in the standard pickup world, I think there's a lot of people starting to experiment. I mean, uh, Paul Reed Smith guitars, they're forever sort of reworking, rewiring the stuff that's on those new 594s, for example. I mean, they are just to die for those pickups, but they're also doing on that new series of guitars that they've, they've just launched. They've got the wide range humbuckers on them as well, haven't they? I, I don't know. Um, I've uh, I've I've not seen that in the the PRS stuff. Yeah, the, the PRS are, are the absolute masters of coming up with weird and wonderful different pickup combinations and sort of different windings and 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 stuff. The the uh, Paul, I think, is just nuts. Yeah, I think it's as simple as that. He's chasing the same tone that we've all got in our heads as well. Yeah. But he's doing it with an entire guitar company to play with. <laughs> and can we you just know, swing um, back and and Techno Pixies would be an absolutely awesome band name. The Techno Pixies. The Techno yeah. Pixies, yeah. Yeah. The Pixies might get quite upset, and I don't want to upset Frank Black. But yeah. But he's a is, big fella. It's not the Pixies. This is the Techno Pixies. 
You, we're we're going to do covers of Valoria on the synthesizers. That's it, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> any excuse, guys. Indeed, any excuse. yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the fact that we've got a synthesizer acting as a soundboard this week. It's absolutely quality. Yeah, loving it. Um, well, you know. So we're gonna we're gonna tackle our first kind of topic this week because. Um, we were we were going to do uh, uh, we've we've done for the past uh, three weeks I think sorry uh, a, a round up and a round down and a round off and a round around of Nam. Yeah, let's do more of that. Okay, let's let's do more <laughs> Nam. Um, yeah, Paul, you've you've not had your um, your say on Nam, have you? No, I mean. To be honest with you, the people that I was expect that you always expect to do good stuff, they've done more solid guitars. Gibson obviously not being there. I won't I won't go through all of that and what I think about that because <laughs> that's just been done to death. But yeah. Um I think Fender have got some they're trying to work a different way from custom shop all the way down to sort of like standard line. Some of these reimagined, you know, sort of alternate sort of you know historic sort of models and some of these yeah, new the parallel universe that, stuff and the yeah um, I, I i really um even though i can't stand 90 percent of them i yeah. applaud them for wanting to do something like that yes because it sh- i think it actually shows that fender as a brand have got some money they're still strong and they've still got a lot to bring to the market and and you know as far as i'm concerned i think they need a big round of applause for that gibson on the other hand not being there nobody's got a clue what they've got lined up and to be honest with you uh, you know it's it's a bit of a sad state of affairs um but for me there were the ibanez az series yeah the arizona oh my god that they are unbelievably good and we, i know we've chatted about them on the forum um yeah uh, we, you had, know, we had I, a chat I, with josh um a, w- a week before the nam stuff but yeah i'm happily mm. ha- i'll happily revisit it because i, I think- just think they are a, potentially a sub-eater especially on price maybe maybe not if you if you get yeah. up to the japanese sort of like you know the the uh, j custom line yeah then obviously you're, you're going to be getting sore quality, if if not beyond sore quality. And I don't wish to slag John Sir off. He's a very lovely man, says Steve. Um, <laughs> for me, for for us, for yeah. those people that aspire to own those level of instruments, you've got something at just over a thousand pound that absolutely hits every mark of the low end two grand sores. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an attainable sir, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's astonishing that they've done that. What is more astonishing from Ibanez is that for nine hundred quid, you can buy a Japanese Fujigen RG five fifty made to the original spec of the eighties R fifties RG five fifties. And for me, being that is when I started learning playing guitar in the sort of you know the back end of the. Yeah, the nineteen eighties, mid to nineteen, mid to late nineteen eighties. That's the guitar. Nine hundred quid for a Japanese-made, you know, it, they're exactly the same. They've used the same jigs, the same pickups, the same 
windings, the same electronics, the same trim systems, the same necks. Everything's exactly the same as they were when they originally came out. What? They're 900 quid. I did not know that, and I've I've gone from a from a semi hollow body to a a, a very solid uh, very solid body right now. <laughs> uh, that that you know, uh, I think that's great, and and there's a lot of other stuff that I've, I've seen on various videos. I mean, uh, my my love of non traditional guitars is as good as my as strong as my love for traditional ones. Yeah, I love things like Strandbergs and comparisons and what ESP do, although they really need to sort out their marketing strategy with all these different sort of brands and sub-brands. Yeah, it's it hard to follow easy. which one. Yeah. It used to be easy. You had ESP yeah. and you had LTD. Yeah, now they've got like yeah. I, E2, E2 and they've got, yeah. God, no, I don't yeah, get yeah. it. I don't get them. But they've got some interesting stuff out. I think Kiesel, um, oh, yes. now that carvings kind of disappeared off the map they're they're back on now though carving audio uh um they're they're making a reappearance apparently Uh, and good for them but the separation i think of yeah yeah of of the the guitars and and the yeah yeah no i I completely you know i mean and properly you know the full full on divorce we're not speaking to each other they're totally separate companies (laughs) doing it keysdall is absolutely stunning because the new guitars that they were showing uh, at NAM, their basic sort of loadout spec yeah. come in at just over a grand. And they're all and fully customizable, aren't they? The uh, the keysors. Yep, yep, ab- absolutely everything. You all your your neck woods, how many pieces you've got, tops, colours, hardware. Yeah. They are, you know, value for money wise. If you want, if you want to spec that kind of guitar up, I don't think there's a many also have got a new jason becker signature out this year as well which i think is wonderful because i'm a big 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 old school jason becker fan so um, anything that puts money in his pocket and the uh, pockets of the als society that he raises money for um i have got absolutely no problem about that whatsoever more power to the guy yeah we'll you know um, yeah absolutely same here um I uh, I remember some some years back now with the um that ice bucket challenge, um and there were there were a fair few people doing it just because it was it was becoming trendy. Uh, I made sure that I I put in uh, links to uh, the the Jason Becker uh, documentary that's on YouTube, uh, and and link through to to actual ALS um, mm. charities as well. Um, and I got a, a bucket of ice poured over my head. So. Good. Good. It was for a worthy cause. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, to be honest with you, like I said, I mean, apart from Fender, I think the, the, the winners of NAM this year are everybody other than, I think the, the, the smaller companies have had a really good year this year. Um, yeah. You know, and and I'm going to raise its ugly head um, for a brief second. The... Um, Chapman British Standard Series guitars. Oh, what, what's that? We're we're losing we're losing you, Paul. We're losing. We're losing. <laughs> no, no. No, no, bear with me. Bear with me on this one. Now, right, you've got, you've I got have been, ten seconds to to change my mind. <laughs> I have been a uh, a, a, a follower of uh, Rob Chapman and the Chapman uh, community for for a, a long time. Yeah. Um, 
it got me really into looking at the internet for guitar groups again when I started getting back into playing. And so I've got a lot of thank, to thank for them. And I, w- I was part of the initial sort of community uh, collaborative design work. Um, I'm, I'm quite proud of that as well. Yeah. You know, but I honestly think they've gone a step too far with these. And it's not that they're not going to be awesome guitars. They're being built by a crack team of British luthiers. They're using mentally good woods and, you know, electronics and whatever. But I don't think four and a half grand for a guitar from Chapman is probably the right way to go for them. I'd much rather them seen them doing something more in the in in, in the sort of more affordable space. Yeah, because they've, they've creeped away from that, haven't they? They started off with um, with like two to three hundred pounds Chinese instruments, yeah. and then it jumped up a little bit and kind of got the five and six hundred. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, the way that they've revamped the range and they've got the 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 sort of like Indonesian and the and the Korean made stuff. I actually don't think the prices of them are bad. If you actually look at everybody else's Korean and in, in, in Indonesia made guitars, yeah. they're about on par with those prices now. Yeah, you know, um, to be honest with you, they're, they're probably a little bit better specs as far as hardware and stuff like that's concerned. Although the jury's still a little bit out, I think on the new Chapman pickups, but you, you know, we'll see. Oh, the guitarnivores. I think they got Yeah, well they've got these new ones and the 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 being wound differently, the revoiced them all okay. last year. But but the thing the, the thing for me is that they were supposed to be the guitar company of the people. Um they were conceived by one bloke, they were designed by a, a stack load of people. I think they've moved away from that. If yeah. they're gonna move away from that, then fine. I wish him every success. I've got no beef with, with Rob. Um, or Lee, or Matt Hornby, or, or any of the guys at Chapman. I haven't, I don't know them. I've never met them. Um, I watch an awful lot of their output on YouTube. Mm. Um, I know the Reveal Marmite sort of branding themselves, um, you know, and the people as, as much as anything. But for me, I, I think those those British standard guitars, although they look gorgeous, you know what? Even though I complain about the price of a new Gibson, I'd probably put my money there or with Fender for that high-end sort of spec guitar. Or, I mean, to be honest with you, for one of those, you could you you can almost buy secondhand two Nick Hoobers, Dang. and I'd rather have a Nick yeah. Hoober. Yeah, I think I think at the end of uh, at the end of last week because we we did we did rag on it a little bit. Um, the the point was that if you bought one of these, the depreciation on them almost instantly would be so much. Um, whereas It'd be frightening, yeah. Whereas with a Fender or a Gibson or or whatever, sir, um, they 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 will hold their value much. You take better. a hit on them in any case. You, you still do, take a hit on you them. You do. Um, but it's it's going to be nowhere near as serious as it it's was. More palatable, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my custom shop strap was six months old when I bought it. It should have been two eight. It was two eight in the shop originally, mm-hmm. and I got it for eighteen hundred. 
Yeah. So I, I knocked off all the depreciation on it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a bit like I've got a mate of mine who never buys a, a brand new car. He always sort of gets a six month old pool car because all the the the, the, the all that sort of like you know, 30 grand cars, now suddenly £15,000. Yeah, I know. It's, it's lost all the, the profit margin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's completely sensible. Uh, but from what from what I've seen, the depreciation on Chapman's um, other ranges has been, uh, they, they tend to lose. Horrific. Yeah, over half very quickly. <laughs> um, so, unless... Yeah. You, and I think it's a shame because they're actually pretty good. Yeah, mm, I don't know. Um, I I had one. Well, the, the new ones are a yeah. lot. Well, the new ones are a lot better. I think they had some quality control issues. I think you tend to find. But I mean, I've seen it with Gibsons. I mean, I've I've been in the guitar yeah. shop when the boatload of Gibsons has come in, and out of twelve Gibsons, out of twelve Les Pauls, ten of them have gone back. Yeah. So, you, you know, quality quality control can hit you know big or, or, or small companies. So, but yeah. it's unfair to argue for that. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, that that's my nam. Yeah. In any case, I I, I I say yay to the little guys. Pedals mega strong again this year. Um, um I, I, you know, I, I, and some cracking new designs. I think. In I, any I don't case. recall seeing as many pedals this year as uh, as we have in previous nams. Um. I think there were a lot of like version twos and version threes yeah. of stuff that was already there, um, but there was some nice ones still there. Yeah. Um, the JHS one that's literally got every tube screamer in the world built into it. Oh yeah, the the bonsai. Yeah, now that that yeah now uh, yes <laughs> to that one. <laughs> I, um, I heard a product video in, on it, and to be honest, between all of the different versions of the tube screamer, I was like, yeah, there's. Not a great deal of difference. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, though, is you can buy an overdrive pedal that's got 120 different overdrive sounds on it. And, yeah. um, you know, how many different overdrive sounds that you want? I've got a DNM drive. I've got all the overdrive sounds yeah. I need. Thank you very much. I'm quite happy with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Screamer's a screamer, isn't it? I mean, I, I love them. I think, they're, I think they're absolutely brilliant. But they're, they're a polarizing um, drive pedal. Some people love them, but yeah. some people absolutely hate them. They just don't get don't get the the cheap screamer. No. Um, Any whom I think enough Nam enough yes enough S- stop stop <laughs> coming into our podcast and Zip. yeah go away Nam go away for another year um, and then come back really hard. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if they keep showing me these um, these Ibanez as Arizonas, then I'm going to be coming back really hard. Tell you, <laughs> um, enough of the lewd, lewd behaviour. Um, our, our kind of big topic this week is practice. What pedals? No practice. Um, yeah, I know it's it's a it's a dirty word amongst our communities, and it. Because what you can't just buy something else and be better. No, uh, practice. Um, so I wanted to have a, a little chat about um, how practice has evolved a little bit. Um, how how we practiced when we we first started um, started playing guitar, uh, and and perhaps where we see it going. Um, so 
anyone want to start us off with uh, a little a little tale about how you used to practice when you were when you were kind of in in the throes of your guitar um, learnings? Yeah, um, I'll take it on. So when I very first started, I actually tried to follow on a TV show that was on one of the music. I can't remember if it was one of the music channels or one of the shopping channels, but um, whatever it was, it had every day at half past four, um, some guy would do a half hour lesson and there was half four was the beginner lesson. Five o'clock was the intermediate lesson and half five was the expert lesson. And I tried to, to start with that and then quickly realized that learning from the TV isn't a good idea. <laughs> uh, so did, was this person, did, was this, um, Jamie Humphreys by any chance? It quite possibly was. I can't remember now. It's, I was about 14. So yeah. Um, we're talking about 2006 ish. Yeah, I, 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 I vaguely remember this. Um, it was it was him with a, a, a woman who would kind of act as yep. the student. Yeah, it was Jamie Humphreys, um, and it's where I learnt about the the the, uh, the absolute legend that is Jamie Humphreys. How many times are I going to say Jamie Humphreys in this sentence? Jamie Humphreys, <laughs> Jamie Humphreys, Jamie Humphreys, Jamie Humphreys, Jamie Humphreys. Yeah. Um, Absolutely wicked uh, guitar player. Um, he's uh, tied in with Music Man and uh, Black Star quite a lot. So if you look up um, like early Black Star product demos, um, and I think some some kind of two thousand six ish Music Man demos. I think he I think he's tied in with that stuff. Um, but yeah, I remember that. That's a that's a blast yeah, from so the that, past. That was <laughs> that was my very first attempt at any sort of learning or practice, um, and it quickly got me to the corner and not pick it up for about a month. At which point, I decided to go to a an actual teacher, um, and uh, decided that that would be the way to go. And my teacher very quickly said, "Right, rather than focusing on." a particular song or focusing on a particular style. What is it that you want to be able to do? Um, and I said, I wanted to be able to play classic rock because that's what I was listening <laughs> to at the time. Get chicks. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically I started off um, and he said, the first thing you want to do, if you're going to start playing music, that's got lots of chords in it, as well as um, breakdowns for solos um, is learn bar chords rather than open chords. Oh, he so, he sounds like an absolute taskmaster. He does. Forget um, those I, easy start, chords. So the very first chord I learned was E. Yeah. And then the next chord I learned was S. Oh. And then the oh. next chord I learned after that was B. <laughs> e. So he then basically decided that um, to take the smoke on the water riff, but do it E, G, A. Yeah. Uh, so in the wrong key, but with yeah. bar chords. Ugh. And he said, to your ear, you'll probably, it'll probably sound very similar. So I learned to, you know, keep your fingers on the same strings, use them as train tracks um, and be able to slide that shape around. And then did the same with a B chord shape and do A, C, D um, and go that way. So my very early practice was all based around moving chord shapes. And then 
introducing the minor pentatonic for soloing. Yeah. Um, and my early practice was all based around kind of that. So I never actually learned the C chord until about two and a half years after I started playing. God damn. Not an open, so an open C and open D was new to me after about two and a half years. <laughs> so my forage into all this was the, my enabler. Was a friend of mine called Chris uh, back in 1986 when I went on a thing called YTS, which was basically a two-year apprenticeship that got you absolutely nowhere for very little money. Um, <laughs> and um, but my man Chris, who I, I was on this course with at the, at the time, he, he he sold me an acoustic guitar for about twenty quid, and thinking of I was on twenty-seven pound fifty a week Ooh. back then. So it was a lot of money. Um, I bought this guitar off of him. Uh, he gave me a copy of The Complete Guitarist, um, which is like a, a, a yellowy sort of sand-coloured frontage of a book. And you basically just takes you through step by step, and there's like volumes one through five. And the first song that I learned how to play was Leaving on a Jet Plane by John Denver. Nice. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, so it was uh, A, D, and E. And it was for the first two years of me playing guitar, I learned how to play every song that was A, D, and E, <laughs> and nothing And then a friend of mine called Adrian West, who's an absolute god on guitar, um, gave me some lessons on the first electric guitar that I owned, which was a, an, an axe which I've spoken about before in the embryonic days of this podcast, um, bought out the back of Kerrang! magazine for £79 with a free battery amp. It never stayed in tune. It never intonated. Not that I knew what intonation was back then. Um, <laughs> it never did anything. It was barely a guitar. It was more of a couple of ropey bits of wood put with some strings attached to it. it, it, it they were awful, but... Um, he taught me some real basic sort of stuff about power chords and what power chords were and why they were being used. Yeah. And I used to sit there in the hash den that was his house at the time, getting <laughs> passively smoking, getting progressively sleepier while listening to Frank Zappa and um, Cacophony and Joe Satriani and early Steve Vai and Jason Becker and all the, um, um, Paul Gilbert, the first time I was there, and Frank Gambale, and all of these sort of jazz fusion rock sort of guitar virtuosos. Yes. And he said, I'll tell you what, go out and get yourself a Hot Licks video. Hot and Licks. that was the Hot Licks videos. And I, I got a, a Hot Licks video, and you know what? To this day, I still track them down. On, on strange websites that you shouldn't be going to. <laughs> there are things that they taught on those that I don't think they've ever taught again by mainstream. I mean, I've recently been having lessons with, with my mate Lewis, but there are things that were on there that you don't get taught by anybody. Um, there's a really interesting guy who lives on the internet who I can't remember the name of, who goes through this whole series of deconstructing an Inve Malmsteen video. Oh, well, I know the guy. Um, yeah? Uh, yeah. 
Steve, and it's all Steve about something or any yeah, yeah. That's the, yeah it's all about picking technique yeah and about the fact that he couldn't figure out how he was possibly playing something and then it clicked in his head that he wasn't actually doing what he told everybody he did yeah yeah, um, yeah there was uh, economy picking in it weren't there yeah where he tells so, everyone that he's alternate picking everything yeah yeah, so it's really interesting. There was a lot of stuff about at the time that was, that, and everybody did all that sort of stuff. Bought tape, slowed them down. I mean, I had a mate of mine who had a little four, a, a little uh, Tascam four track that literally used to put tapes in and just slow it down and learn sort of Megadeth solos from from that. <laughs> and I didn't have the patience for it, and then the guitar got put away, and I didn't play for years and years and years. So just just. Just one question. This one's kind of for our younger listeners. Um, what's a tape? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so for 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 our youngsters out there, a tape is it's a little bit like a CD. Do you do you remember CDs? Because at this point, oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, right. Okay. Um, so, I mean, but that's all we had. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, every now and again, we'd buy an import copy of Guitar World magazine. Um, oh, yes. They only, from, it used to be imported by Comag. I can even remember the white label on the front of the bloody magazine that they used to stick over it. Uh, the only place you could get them from was uh, W.H. Smith's. They used to charge you about three times as much as what it cost in US dollars in pounds to actually open the damn thing up. It they were ridiculous. And the big one that had the biggest impact on me was the Steve Vai complete guitar workout. Oh yes. Oh my God. Now Steve Vai has recently on guitar world on, on, on the interwebs started doing his, this is how my guitar method, this is kind of how I, yeah. you know, start people off. All right. It's bullshit because I have still got a copy of the Guitar World Steve Vai guitar method, right? And that means that what you've got to do is make your fingers bleed from playing the most ridiculous things from being a complete novice for 17 hours a day straight yeah. without food or drink, right? And that's what he told us back in the 80s. Yeah. And if he's telling us something different now, he's lying. That's it. <laughs> Food and drink is for the week. I want my money back. Uh, uh, I've, I've got a, quite a quite a similar uh, Steve Vai related story. Actually, um, I, I was probably I'd probably been playing for about four years or something by this point, um, and I had a little little bit of disposable income at the time. Um, uh, Total Guitar did a shred special. Which was the coolest thing Oh, I remember thing going. that evil bag of shit. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it had uh, it had the Steve Vai ten hour practice uh, regime. Because yeah, that's the cut down version. <laughs> yeah, the, the the light version of the seventeen hour marathon. Um, yeah, I had a go at some of those. Uh, I, I managed to get past the first page eventually, um, and yeah, then then I gave up. Uh, but yeah, the, there were some uh, strange kind of. It's almost like tongue twisters, but for your fingers. Yeah. Um, and it. I actually still use 
the legato one two three four two three four one yeah three two one yeah three four one two yeah yeah Yeah, i I actually still use that to warm up to this day yeah that that i I, i've done that before um i used to give that to students um and they hate me um and i don't blame them uh it's it's horrible Uh, (laughs) it's horrible but it serves a purpose of warming your hands up which is yeah yeah It, it, it does exactly that um you know but i think um the, the, what we've got today for guitarist learning, so there's so many bits of software and, you know, things like Musicism and um, what the guys from Music is Win are doing on the internet. Um, you, YouTube has absolutely democratised learning how to play not only guitar but keyboards and oh, yeah, yeah. uses and learning how to sing correctly, you know, you know yeah, just there's, there's, any skill that you, you that yeah. you could possibly want, down to like changing a, a car battery. Um, I, I have repaired several washing machines and tumble dryers yeah, with the help of YouTube. via YouTube tutorials. Yeah. But yeah, I mean YouTube is almost like ubiquitous with learning these days as well, isn't it? Um, it's lo- a great platform. I mean, I use um, I use another one called Udemy as well, which is like a, an aggregator for online courses, and I do stuff for for work and pleasure up from that. I've just bought a Logic Ten course um, in the sale. I got it for a tenner. It should be two hundred quid. That's cool. You know, a discount, not, yeah. You know, but you know, and 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 it does vary. You know, I mean, the quality of the course materials and stuff varies from person to person. Yeah. You could well be learning some crap technique by watching some of these guys on YouTube. But to be honest with you, anything that gets the instrument into the hand of somebody that's enthusiastic enough for them to actually start to play, yeah, that's that's what I lacked because having learned leaving on a jet plane and uh, Mullivkin tire. <laughs> um, and playing those plus all those other songs in AD&E yeah. for, the, for as long as I did I didn't want to play guitar again and it wasn't until AD went no actually there's a whole world of stuff out there and you may well pick up and put the guitar down several times in your life yeah. before you get to a point where you actually want to play that's been my last three or four years Yeah, I mean you know um, the last six months I've improved yeah, probably a thousand times better than I ever had done before. Then, yeah, just the um, the the wealth of um, of knowledge and experience which you can get for next to nothing these days is, is immense. Um, YouTube as well for backing tracks, just yeah, um, for um, tracks that you can just. Um, practice uh, melodic uh, phrasing yeah and, different rhythms and styles yeah. and stuff I've got a little app on my phone that does different drum beats and stuff um, well, I'll see if I can uh, I'll see if I can make it work live on the radio folks <laughs> man plays <laughs> with phone <laughs> I, we're going to be uh, we're going to be hitting that millennial demographic now aren't we they, <laughs> they love that shit it's called Drum Beats Plus. Well, hey, I think I might have um, that. So that you, you got stuff like that. 
Oh, that's that's horrible. <laughs> what is going on there? From the jazz pack. I've been playing a lot with the jazz pack recently. Look, it's it's better than a metronome as far as I'm concerned because yeah. playing to a metronome is boring as shit yeah it's Nobody got a groove isn't it? it whereas metronomes have it's, absolutely yeah. zero soul yeah absolutely and you can say what you want about the confederate flag but Pantera had groove right they were one of the heaviest bands in the world and they had groove oh yeah, yeah. if you can't play with groove and soul and feeling then your playing's worthless as far as I'm concerned I, I can't the older I've got the more I appreciate technical playing. So I, I love Gent. I, I love some of this. Uh, Meshuggah are one of my favourite bands. I've got a Meshuggah t-shirt on underneath this this hoodie. Yeah, the, the, but, the hoodie professes your love for doors. Gorgey. Yeah. Actually, I told you yeah. I'm, I'm a Chapman. Yeah, <laughs> there we go again. But, You'll you like know, the doors. I, I, yeah, I like the doors. Um, <laughs> I, I I like I like the math and the prog and the gin the digent the digentlemen. Yeah, I, I love all that sort of stuff. So I, I really get into the technical stuff. But for for me, when I pick up a guitar with the stuff that I've got, it's yeah. it's rock and roll and it's blues and it's a bit of jazz and it's got feeling and heartbreak and you know my dog Dungon died and left me. Yeah, yeah. You know. We were taking the piss the other day. Um, We've we've got a, a blues song, and then we says, "Oh, the next the next lyrics, it's got to be a better train somewhere." Come on, because uh, yeah. the singer had forgot the lyrics, so we said we just kept shouting trains. <laughs> Which it, is fine unless you start shouting about the, you know, one two five, the precursor to the advanced passenger train which is now being <laughs> I think yeah that's probably a little a bit a little bit too specific <laughs> um, but you know what I mean I, I, I think the tools and stuff that's out there now I, I mean you know the, um, the the free tab libraries you know we've kind of died to death they've become legit well the, the, um, the problem was that they were being chased by the um, by the regulatory bodies weren't they yeah um, yeah and and the one that I used when I was um, when I was a wee um, nipper in the guitar community uh, was PowerTab, um, and it yeah. was absolutely brilliant because it was all com- kind of community sourced, um, yeah. which meant that the quality again would would vary somewhat. So you'd you'd get some brilliant tabs, but also some really shitty ones. Um, but it was all free and it was all kind of community spirited. Um, and then more and more it started getting clamped down on and it ended up just shutting down. Uh, and this is, I've, I think it's a bit of a shame, but you know, I mean, I still have a quick look from time to time. If I just want to know what the chords are to a song that I can't be asked to work it out myself and I just want to quickly <laughs> figure them out. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, you know, but I think, you know, like I've said, I think the, the the big game changer in practice has been absolutely been YouTube, silly apps for phones and and iPads and and my and I I swear to God I'm I'm not saying it just because I want an excuse to do that buying a different musical instrument right yeah getting something different I mean my wife bought me stupidly for Christmas why are you showing us a baby plug. Plug? 
a little drum set, right? <laughs> she got me from from God knows where, some cheap cheap ass shop. Right, and, and it's that allows you to tra- track real drum tracks, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'll follow the Glenn Bricker method. Um, I love you, Glenn. Yeah, he's, um, he's a legend. I love I love Glenn. But you know, just getting another instrument, something completely different to what you normally play, and use it as inspiration to yeah do something on your main in, on main instrument that you that you want to play when you've got that block of oh my god, I don't want to do anything anymore. I mean, I've got a bass behind the by me uh, over there. Um, I love and I'm plinking that, you know, even though, like I said, it's not my main instrument. I have played bass in a band. Um, it's, it's interesting to just keep on that. Yeah. This little synth was a couple of hundred quid. Wow. And it's great. Yeah, and I can. <laughs> you know, I can make it do all sorts of shit like that. It's fantastic. And and it's interesting because I've I started, like I said, I've started um, a course on Logic Ten. Yeah, and I've got my new interface, and the re- and I've, I kind of bundled it all together in my head. And it was, I want to record some music, and I've got some. You know, my big question is, can you have too much delay and reverb? I think I've found <laughs> the answer, and the answer is no. And I need more. <laughs> I, I need to have the wizard in the cave. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, 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 but my first love of music was like seventies and sixties prog and, and and you know stuff. In any case, so yeah, that probably answers that. But having the synth, having this PC, being able to go on YouTube, find out how people are doing stuff, quickly set up a bit of a recording thing and go for it is yeah. great. Yeah, absolutely. I think the ability to record as well is a is a is a fantastic practice tool. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll occasionally, um, just press record when I'm having a little, a little noodle, um, and just record some of the lines that I'm doing. Um, and I mean, you'll, you'll find like a good, like 50% of it is recycled, but some of the times when you like really get into it and really kind of lose your, uh, inhibitions, you find that you create some absolutely beautiful melodies and some really cool patterns. Um, which is why recording it's great to have it then saved. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, and, and and again, you know, from back in the in the sort of eighties when tape was the thing that you recorded it on, and then yeah. it went to CD, and then we started getting the the first sort of like hard disk recorders and MP4, yeah. MP3 recorders, and then this change over to full on doors. You know, I mean, we've made massive advances in such a short space of time, technology-wise. Yeah. Around guitars, um, I think it's liberated the fact that it, at the end of the day, it's it's wood and metal and magnets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the, the component you know, parts are, are nothing special, are they? They're they're all just no, just yeah, material. But um, being able to sort of sit down and, and commit that, and if you think about somewhere like Sun Studios, and um, the you, you know they had four microphones, 
you know, in one of the rooms, they had one good room mic and one for vocals. <laughs> and Elvis, all of Elvis's greatest, yeah. so as far as I'm concerned, the only Elvis worth listening to was recorded like that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and I, I think this, again, it comes back to democratisation. That everything's become so cheap, you can pick up a little sort of like audio interface for sort of fifty quid. Yeah. You can pick them up second hand off of eBay for like for for that, you know, for a, for a better one. You know, the you, you can pick up a half decent sort of amp for you know not a lot of money. Not the Line Six Spider. I hasten to add because they are such <laughs> a shit. Um, but you, you can get decent. You can get decent equipment at very low prices now, and the fact that you can also get the recording equipment to go alongside it, and it really is is as quick as having it on your phone. My phone's got Garage Band on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, how fast and immediate is that? It's yeah. It's scarily. It's scary. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's an indispensable tool, isn't it? And and yeah. the uh, iOS Garage Band is it's more comprehensive than it needs to be um and it's it works it just works well the fact that you can go on on ios on the app store and you can buy a moog synthesizer <laughs> that would cost you the best part of three grand yeah for 29 dollars and you can move the wires and you can play with the filters and you can do all the stuff that you could do on, you know, for that amount of money. Yeah. And Moog are quite happy they're making money off of it. You know, it's frightening that we've got that amount of computing power. And like I said, I work in IT in any case. So, yeah. You know, it, I think about this stuff. Like yeah. That. You carry it around in your pocket. Yeah, it's, yeah. And you can do everything with it. It can be an instrument. It can record instruments. It's, yeah. You can watch videos on how to play an instrument. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, it's never been a better time to be a musician or an aspiring musician. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I honestly believe that. Fuck practice. Get out there and play, guys. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just the the kind of uh, pedagogical uh, side of me suggests. Now, just practice a little bit, please. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Burton, who was a primary school teacher at my kids' school, uh, went on the practice makes permanent. Oh dear! <laughs> what, a, what a knob! <laughs> yeah, she was wonderful. She was wonderful. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm I, I, say something. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I was just gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say something that's gonna really annoy you, Adam. But go on. I've never really ever properly practiced since about six months after first picking up the instrument. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> my, I've never ever used a metronome or a drum beat yeah. in my entire life, oh, um, other than an actual drummer once I got into a band. <laughs> and um, basically my practice has either been sticking on a backing track and yeah. improv. That is practice. Or, you lied. You liar. That's not because I was then going and doing improv on stage with a guitar with my guitar teacher. So yeah, I've never like it was. It's still the, on the route to just exactly the th the thing that I was going to do. And it's the other things I've done is play the songs that I would, I need to play in the band. That's practice that, as well. Oh. It's not though. It's oh. it's not practice in the truth. Yeah, I've never ever sat down uh. and run up and down a scale 
Oh, that's not the only type of practice. That's not the only type of practice. Uh, I've never warmed my fingers up ever in my entire life. The first time I play the guitar, it's I'll play one chord to make sure. (laughs) Oh, dear. I'll play one chord to make make sure sure that my guitar is as loud as it needs to be. And then the next time I play some noise, it's the first song that we play in the set. Glorious. I salute you, brother. I mean, the thing is, it's, I'm, I'm, it, I'm ready to rage quit here. <laughs> no, shut up. It's different. It, at the end of the day, it's different strokes for different folks. And some it people is. work better that way. And some people sit better. Classical position with a metronome running the scales. And yeah. people that do that, I, I am absolutely fascinated by it because I, I could never do it. They're usually not no. too great at parties, though, to be honest. No. <laughs> Um, but, you know, to, to sort of link Nam and practice together, the one thing that I found really interesting was Tozin Abassi having sort of gone around with his new guitar for the last, like, three years with Ibanez on the headstock has now got Abassi guitars. Yeah. Now, there's the kid who sat and practiced every day, you know, for yeah. 17 hours a day following the Steve Vai guitar method. Yeah. From yeah. Guitar World, God damn you. He, he, um, he dug out the tapes. Yeah, he got the tapes, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, is that, I, I, like I said, I get that and I, I, I get the fact that some people want to do that and want to practice that yeah, way. Yeah. I absolutely do. For, for me, it's been a much more organic experience. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I've sat there and I've bought guitar courses and I've tried and I've done this and I've done that. And very little's worked for me. I've, I am getting more pleasure now than I ever have by putting on several delays, <laughs> a reverb pedal. I was going right, to say, you could have stopped there, you lucky bastard. Driving it hard <laughs> and and just noodling around. Yeah. Because, uh, honestly, I've, I'm, I'm learning what the relationships are between the notes on, on the fretboard, and I don't even know what the notes are, but yeah. I know that they're there. And I'm hearing them, yeah. and I'm starting to build that those patterns and those frameworks up in my head. And I think what's probably happening is somewhere inside, there's another fellow Yorkshireman, a little bit of Mr. Alan Holdsworth, sort of still lodged in my head somewhere. <laughs> that's sort of finding his transmissions from across the ether now he's passed. And... Because I think that's how Alan Holdsworth basically learned it. He he didn't understand what musical theory was. So he went away and redefined it for himself. But he did it really early on in his career. <laughs> and, and and that's what worked for him. He was yeah? a bloody beast, he was. God, he was. Absolutely. And much missed. Did much missed. He used to do four notes on a string patterns. He yes. must have had massive fucking hands. Yes. <laughs> um... And you know what they say, big hands. Big gloves, yeah. Um so we're we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap up with uh, with a couple of questions uh tonight. We... Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh, that's our official questions um jingle. Well, um, it's better than Joe <laughs> bleeding Brandt and going right <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, come up, me bra. <laughs> oh dear. Um, 
So yeah, when when I was um, prepping the material for this, because believe it or not, this is actually planned. Is uh, it really? <laughs> I mean, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, when when you prepping. Could have told this, us. Uh, I know. Yeah, I, it's it's just it's all written on the back of my hand. It's on a basis. Yeah, we have really Yeah, I I'm a facilitator. Is Come on, I'm. get on with it. Um, yeah, I am trying. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I was um I was writing up the uh, the show notes for this week with a rather perplexed look on my face, and my uh, my wonderful beautiful missus looks over at me, um, thinking that is a man who needs some help. Um, yeah, you are. She, she often does. She often does. Um, I wonder so, why. So she decided to uh, to put her own listeners' questions along, uh, even though she, I don't think she's ever listened to one of the podcasts. Um, but yeah, so she'll have to now. Well, yeah, because she, she features. Ask, ask away. So question number one, and this is this is one that I needed to be very careful with. She said, "Girlfriends or guitars." Guitars. Next. <laughs> Guitars. Guitars. I don't think I, I love my wife very dearly, but I did I did explain to her a, a few months ago that I have been figuring out which guitar it is that I can carry as well as pick her up. <laughs> From a burning building. Yeah. Yeah, she's got legs, she can carry one of the others, can't she? There you go. Two oh. saved then. Um Yeah, I mean you've got to have an escape plan, haven't you? Uh, Absolutely, yeah. When, yes, especially uh, if you put the wedges on the doors. So, so for me, it's it's a simple question. I mean, you can have more than one guitar, and they don't get angry. And if you have more than one girlfriend, that is up to you, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, couldn't couldn't possibly comment. I find one is more than more than enough. Uh, uh, what's the, the, far too much, if you ask you've, me. You've yes. got more than one guitar. <laughs> um, talking about guitars. Yes, the Greg Cock quote that I watched on a video earlier on today was, "What if I wanted to disappoint two uh, two people? I'd invite my parents to dinner." <laughs> <laughs> yep, true, true that. Um, question number two, she uh, she posed to the podcast a, a very wise question: Does turning up to eleven really sound better? Yes. I think there's no argument there, is there? Yes, completely. It 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 depends on what it is, Matthew. You, the, if it's the light you're, six spider four, you're saying yes wrong, Matthew. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying that certain amps sound shit no matter what volume you put them at. <laughs> Absolutely, like you, the line six spider series, for instance. Yeah, you're playing the devil's <laughs> avocado. I uh, am playing the avocado. He'll he'll be pleased. Our, uh, our devil. I don't think he gets men- many uh, mentions of his avocados these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah. If you've got a, a, a decent valve amp, then yeah, stick it on the loudest you can possibly do without bleeding your ears. That's Cook it. it. Hey, I'm, I'm even going to go as as far as to say even a <laughs> um, a, a, a modelling amp or a, a, a solid state amp, because once you get the speaker involved. Once it gets past a certain volume, you get so many like rich bass frequencies that aren't present at lower volumes. Um, so even that spider um, 
Spider Line Six, whatever. No, no, it's, you're wrong. It's it might sound bad, but it sounds less bad if you turn it on. No, he sounds loud and bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All dear. I'm going to say is Marshall MS2. Oh God, no. Oh yeah, there's there's no redeemable qualities with that amp, is there? I I don't think that's an amp though. I don't think I can really justify calling that an amp. I would at best it, say. No, I mean we could always bring them. Uh, uh, you know what? Um, well, let's let's qualify this because I think you were right to do so. Some of the newer ones, the katanas, they sound glorious no matter what volume you've got them at. Very impressed with them. Yeah. Some of the modelling kit, so like the head rush and the, the helix and the axe effects. Again, they're designed to be played loud. They're designed to go through PA systems, so they sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think some of the manufacturers out there haven't learned their lessons as well as others have. Um, I'm calling out you, Marshall Code, and I'm calling out. <laughs> but Bender. they are the true sound. Right. And. <laughs> While their specific sounds are okay at okay volumes, they don't handle volume very well because they were never designed to handle volume very well. And they can't do any of the others. So the Marshall can't do the Fenders, the Fender can't do the Marshalls, no matter what you say. You know, you've got, you've got to have a decent amp. It's the, it's the one massive bit of snobbery I've got. But if we factor in lunchbox amps and the fact that you can get an absolutely blinding bit of kit for a few hundred pound, you know, that will get you on the journey in a little second hand one by 12, I, you know, I don't think anybody's got any excuse nowadays. Next. Definitely. <laughs> I think next is our... Dr. Uh, Fletcher is in the house. That's it. <laughs> absolutely busting through the content i think that that'll be us for to for tonight to be honest uh we're at an hour and something uh an hour and plus than an hour um so <laughs> yes tonight we have been the fret talk podcast crew um if you want to catch me online or just in general go facebook.com slash budget go instagram.com slash budget uh, go youtube.com slash uh, I'm not going to try and even bother with that just go in the show notes you'll find me or type in budget pedal chap on youtube you'll find me easy enough um, generally hairy looking chap I think he might, he might look okay if he, uh, if he shaved that beard that's probably the guy um, <laughs> if you want to catch Matt you go facebook.com slash switch IOM and if you want to catch Paul you go you go, Well, Paul. you can get me on Twitter at UK Fletch, but um, I keep my most intimate secrets for those that I love. <laughs> Indeed. For, for a little late night cuddle sesh. Um. <laughs> so, this would be a perfect time for a synth swell. <laughs> it sounded like the synth gave up there. Um, if you want to catch us um, online as well, all all of us as a group, you go into the Fret Talk Podcast group, Facebook groups, Fret Talk Podcast. You can find us there. You can get your thoughts, opinions, and 
uh, news stories put onto the podcast. It helps us. Um, if you uh, want to really, really help us, share this podcast with all of your loved ones. All of them. Yep. Make them all subscribe. Um, and five-star reviews also help us. Um, doesn't matter if you don't like us. Give us a five-star review anyway. It helps. Agreed. Um, <laughs> so, from myself, the most budget of all budget pedal chaps, there is only one. Um, from Mr. Matt Quine and Mr. Paul Fletcher. This has been Fret Talk, episode number 31. Good night. Good night. And good night. Auf Wiedersehen, Beth. Ah, right.